sit at your throne. Anybody excited about this series besides me? Own Your Power. (laughs) Today what we're going to talk about, the Own Your Power series, we've been talking about a number of things about how you can be empowered. And usually whenever situations come up as far as, you know, circumstances that are challenging or um, how do we move forward, a lot of times many of us have this way of dealing with it, but just doing more, working harder, doing a lot of the same thing more. So Own Your Power is about taking a look at at doing things that will empower you that oftentimes people don't really think about. Today, Own Your Power is in the power of stretching. So so what in the heck is that? And what's that? um, Now, it's funny because I do um, teach acting. That's my day job. And so I was thinking about this because... It's really hard oftentimes for, um, I'm always telling my students, we have sort of this thing called um, embrace the sucking. And what that means is that it's going to be hard, like when you're learning acting, (laughs) when you're learning acting, it's going to be a challenge, it's going to be a struggle. People kind of think, when it comes to acting in particular, that it's going to be a cakewalk, that they're automatically going to be good at it. And I have some people that even don't show up for class because they're, hoping that they'll just get better signing up for my class, but then they're afraid to come and do scenes and have the struggle of it. So I want to really talk about the power that if you want to do anything that you're called to do or anything that's rewarding or fulfilling, it's going to take stretching and being uncomfortable. You can't avoid being uncomfortable to have a life where you're living to your fullest potential. It's not an option. You can't skip over the uncomfortable and get where you want to be. And I believe that God's called each and every one of us in a very, very special way to use our gifts and talents to glorify him and that there is so much more possible available as far as living to our potential. So we're going to talk about stretching and that we want to always be seeking making ourselves uncomfortable in a good way, not in a bad way that's harmful and what that actually is. So if you take, if you have Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Otherwise, what you can do, we're also on the YouVersion Bible app. If you guys uh, have that, um, you can just put in Search Life Fellowship or Own Your Power, or I think you can even put in the power of stretching, or just look for Saratoga for YouVersion things, and the scriptures will all be there. <clears throat> so you can follow along. So... In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 and verse 24, it says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So I want to kind of talk about this a little bit. (laughs) It's talking about specifically, you know, you think about maybe life being a race and everybody's gonna you know everybody in the race everybody in life move you know runs participates in some way but it's saying only one wins so run like you want to win now it's kind of funny because i've been hearing a lot these days about in schools that they give prizes to everybody whether you know that it just (laughs) came in last here's a prize actually we do that at our summer retreat with the games everybody gets a prize even uh even if you came in last but In some ways, like, God's love is unconditional, but what we do with our lives, 
like, and, and fulfilling our potential, not everybody gets the prize. You know, that's the reality. What we do and, and how we relate to our lives and cherishing the, it, we talked about this a lot in Live Your Vision, has so much to do with what we do. And so it says, we want to live life to win, like in a way of winning. Like we, and so you kind of get that there's purpose, that there's intensity, that there's energy, that it's not just sort of wandering around. You know, it's not like a jog in the park of just like, oh, this is nice, you know. So, um, and then it says in verse 25, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. And that means self-controlled or disciplined or... Now, and that's something that you think about today as far as self-control. People just don't talk about that as being a value. But self-control is something that you obtain. It's not, you obtain self-control by discipline, by training, by doing something over and over so that you can, you know, you see it in athletics and we're going to see this even as we go in the verse, is by training and conditioning that our bodies are able to do more at our command. You know, that, that um, and we'll see this as we continue. It says, and, and this is interesting because in Corinth they had games that were very much like the Olympics, so they could totally relate to this imagery. And it says, anybody that competes is temperate and self-controlled in all things. In order to win, it takes training. It says, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest, when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So I want to kind of take, there's a few things I want to focus on in here. It's saying people train hard for a gold medal. Think of the hours when people compete for the Olympics Years and years and years and years of just training. All week long, people train since they're little kids for the Olympics. Get trainers and all that hour. And what is it for? A gold medal. It's saying if people, and it's kind of interesting because so there's a few things to look at as far as the principles in this. One is just generally the principles of for anything that matters to us of anything in life. And you really want to think about your values and what matters to you, and specifically it's saying, wow, if people work that hard to train for something that's temporary, why wouldn't we want to train more for something that's eternal? For the things that are lasting, for values that last for all eternity, why would we, you know, it's funny because a lot of times people think as far as spiritual growth or your walk or what you're able to do to make a difference for God, people tend to relate to that sometimes as like it should just be automatic. Like, no effort needed. Like, people think that way about prayer. Like, you should just automatically be great at prayer. You should automatically be great at sharing faith or automatically be great at understanding the Bible or automatically be great at pastoring and being there for somebody or running a fellowship or any of those things. And that's not reality. Um, and this is actually, it's interesting because I did not plan this ahead of time. But today is our graduation for the ambassador program. And the ambassador program in our church is a one-year training program where people commit to doing things that are hard and challenging and definitely a stretch past what's comfortable. And what happens in that one year because people are committed 
to doing things repeatedly that they're not necessarily good at because they want to learn and grow. And at the same time, they're being mentored and being trained that it stretches them. And so every single time we see people do the ambassador program at the end of the year, their ability, their capacity is way beyond what they started with. And this is one of the theme verses for that reason. You know, that this is exactly what it's describing. It says, therefore, oh, so it's saying people do it for a perishable crown, but we also, we want to be that way with it for the things that are eternal, for an imperishable crown. And then in verse 26 it says, so I run not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air. It's like shadow boxing. I mean, you can move around a lot and maybe you think you look cool, but you're doing nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, it's just like air guitar or something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) there's like everybody, yeah, you can play air guitar, but it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can fight the air. So it's saying that we want to train for purpose, not just going through motions. And then it says in verse 27, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I've preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. That's what we talked about is that it takes time as far as discipline goes. It's going to be uncomfortable. And also the thing is, is whenever you're starting something, you're just not going to be great at it. And that has to be okay too. That's the whole thing of the embrace the sucking. Like you don't get to be fabulous at something without the struggle part of floundering around and, you know. And it's important in life, honestly, to get where it's okay to be in that part of it. That there's no shame attached to the fact that you're just learning. That it's going to take time. That is normal. We want to normalize that in our lives for everything that we do. And it's kind of cool because it says that, it says through the discipline, it, it and bring it into subjection, which means your body does what you want it to do. Think about that. If anybody's done any kind of athletics, I danced for a while, um, or, you know, go to the gym, how fun is it that that your body starts doing things that you never thought it could do? Do you know? But doesn't it suck for the beginning? You feel stupid, especially, that's why I don't go to a public gym, so... (laughs) I work out at home. Not very much these days, so I could use this teaching. I'm going to listen while I'm doing this about the the physical part because it definitely applies to me there. Um, Yeah, so let's go to uh, Hebrews 12. The other thing, too, about discipline and self-control is people think that that you can discipline yourself. You can't. If you don't have it within, you got to get, like, if it's something you're not already disciplined at, self-discipline comes from other discipline. It comes from outside. The great athletes, you know, you look at Michael Phelps or Tiger Woods, those guys have trainers. They're at the top of their game because they're not doing it by themselves. They're not training for the, by themselves. And so I want to really look at, I spent so many years of my life thinking I should be able to figure things out, having shame that I needed to be taught. If we want to live to our potential, a part of it in the discipline is getting it from outside. We want to really encourage that. And you're going to see more in your, um, actually in this 
uh, verse of scripture talks about that. In Hebrews 12, and in verse 5, it says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening, and that's also discipline of the Lord, or correction or training. That Discipline is used in a few different ways in the Bible, and this is really more correction. You know, that I used to go to such great lengths in my life not to hear bad feedback. Does anybody relate to that? Like, I don't want to hear that there's anything I'm doing that's not on the mark. Do you know how limiting that is if you want to grow? Like, super. You know, we want to be... I want you to think right now, because in order to move forward, we want to live in such a way, too, that we're constantly getting feedback about what's not working. That we can be... With love, not with, you know, harshness or shame or what have you. But we want to be where we're getting trained and getting input that we can be learning and growing and be inviting that. So think right now what you think, like how much in your life are you putting yourself in that position in, you know, how you would like to move forward. And it says, so just don't despise. Don't despise it. And so it says, um, don't dread it, you know, Uh, the chastening or the discipline of the Lord. Nor be discouraged when you're rebuked if you hear... If you hear something that's not working, it shouldn't take you out. Like, see, you know, like, oh, that means I can't do it. You know, that means I suck. That means that there's no way that I'm able to do this. If you're hearing feedback. Um, It says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens, he disciplines, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, and that... that, um, The endure means to not flee or run away from it, is what it means, to endure discipline. God deals with you as sons, and uh, for what son is there whom a father does, wait, (laughs) is there whom a father does not chasten? And then it says in verse 11, no chastening seems joyful for the present. (laughs) Don't expect that you're going to off, as soon as you find out that you're chastened or corrected or get feedback, oh, that's awesome. You know, like I say, one of the things that's been, um, that I've been talking about, this whole thing of ministry has been such a challenge for me. And so part of how I've learned and grown in many ways, uh, like I have, like I say, I have a mentor right now that's 32 that knows everything and teaching me a lot. Um, but also, even in preaching, every week, Adam gives me feedback when I, like, about what I got to grow in. And it was, you know, you come home, oh, how did I do, honey? Well... <laughs> like, oh, I knew it, I knew it. You know, he'd say, You kind of really rambled at the beginning of that. I'm like, Oh, yeah, okay, bring it, bring it. But it was just like, it didn't feel great. Like, Oh, thank you. But I really was grateful. I mean, I was grateful, but do you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's still kind of like, That's awkward, that's embarrassing. I made a fool of myself, sort of, maybe a little bit, you know? Um, you know, and, and, but every week that he gave me feedback, it helped me to grow. And not every week I could absolutely put it into practice. I'd hear it in my head first about things that I needed to be working on, but it took me a while to be able to walk it out or to put it into action, and that that's normal too. Just because you heard something once doesn't mean you should be able to execute it brilliantly. You know, that's not normal. It's just sort of like anything new, you're going to struggle and it's going to take time and that that should be okay. 
So one of the ways, this is talking about, there's different ways any discipline needs to come from outside. It could be from God, it could be from other people. It says, okay, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, guess what? It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. It bears fruit. That's what I'm saying. It's, it, sometimes it takes time, too, and patience, which we're going to be talking about. That's another element of it. Therefore, it says, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather healed. And so what this is saying is, it's really interesting because if you know, you have anything that is feeble in, in your, like if your legs or your arms are, are, you see people that have club feet or people that have things that are out of alignment as far as their bones go, it is painful to straighten it. It is not comfortable. Braces are not comfortable. It causes pain. But what it's saying is that it's worth it. That if we want to be tracking the way that we're supposed to be tracking, it's worth that discomfort, and we want to be relating that way. You know, I had heard also recent, um, you know, about Tiger Woods that at a certain point of his game early on, that he actually, that there was, there was something faulty in his swing, and he had to totally learn a whole other way of doing it from his trainer to get better and to move ahead to become, you know, um, the success that, that he became in that field. And so... That's uncomfortable. I don't know if you guys, like I snowboarded for a while and found out I was doing it totally wrong. So it was way, I had learned, kind of taught myself. See, this is what you get from teaching yourself things. You know, so I'm like do, doing it and Adam meets, I meet Adam who's like hardcore snowboarder and he's like, oh, that's not how it goes. And I was like, oh, really? I'm having fun though. You know, <laughs> sliding down the mountain, I'm having a good time. Do you know how hard it was to change from my little snowplow all the way down the hill back and forth? Like, I was doing toe side, right, left, all the way down the hill, not the way that you... <laughs> hey, I was having a good time. And, um... <clears throat> and so he showed me how to carve and that that's the way that it went. But man, did I eat the, the snow over and over again trying to change from my little snowplow thing that I taught myself on how to get down a mountain to how to how to carve. It was brutal, but it was worth it. <laughs> so that's kind of what this is talking about. That it, that it yields fruit, that there's a lot of fruit from it. Um, okay, so let's go to uh, Philippians 3 and verse 12. Growth will always be uncomfortable. And so we're used to relating that anything that feels bad is bad. That's not reality. We want to distinguish, and we're going to be talking about this actually in some of the other Own Your Power series. There's a difference between good pain and bad pain. There's pain that actually does something to move us forward and get us, and get us better. And then there's pain that doesn't have any redemption. We're going to talk about that too when we talk about getting rid of things. Power of letting go. We're going to have one on letting go. Uh, Philippians 3 and verse 12. And you'll see this has the elements of stretching and letting go, both in the verse together. It says in verse, Philippians 3 and verse 12, it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may, hold, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. 
Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but, this, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So, and it's interesting because, I'm going to take a look at some of this. He's saying, it's not like Christ has come back and I'm perfect. I am still relating to life. I haven't, I, there's no arrived until the Christ comes back. No matter what, no matter where we are in our lives, there's still room to grow. There's no place that I'm done. Not in this life, right now. <clears throat> so we want to get rid of expecting that in our heads because it holds you back. Thinking you should, I got this. As soon as you think I got this, you don't got it. If you become a closed system and don't let others in to help and think you're done in whatever it is, you stop growing. You're limiting yourself. We want to be committed to come against that. To get rid of that thinking that that's our goal somehow. That the goal is I've arrived. I see this with, again, it's, it's like it comes up all the time with my actors. Of As soon as they think that they've gotten to a certain place like I'm good. And stop training. And stop growing. They start sucking. It doesn't happen maybe immediately, but whatever you're not stretching, it's going to atrophy. There's no neutral. You think things are neutral, there's no neutral. So we're either working and stretching and growing, or we're going to atrophy. You know how muscles atrophy that you don't use? You know, they just go away. You know, all of a sudden the bicep becomes the thing hanging under your arm. <laughs> becomes waddle. Um... <laughs> That's what happens. We don't, you know, so we want to just get that the norm in our lives and how we're relating is to stretch, to be pressing, to grow. So he's saying, hey, I haven't attained, but I press, that I'm, I'm stretching, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. So he's saying he's reaching for Christ who's got him, you know. And he says, I haven't apprehended, I haven't arrived, but one thing, he's saying, forgetting. Now, the forget doesn't mean, the word actually means not to care about so much anymore. It doesn't really mean forget. We're going to talk about that on the letting go part. Because doesn't mean, forgetting doesn't mean act like it doesn't matter or to minimize things. Because that's not going to, that won't fix things. Can you imagine if you tried to run a business and you never looked behind to see the track record, how that wouldn't be helpful, would it? That would be stupid. That's, there's no planning. If you don't look back to learn and grow, that's, it can't be speaking about that. Just don't even think about it. Don't evaluate it. It can't be speaking about that. Um, and so we're going to talk about healthy letting go, how to let go in a good way. He's saying I've, two things you can do, you can always do these together, is work on letting go of things and at the same time reaching forward to where you want to go. And that, it says, that the reaching, the reaching forward really means to stretch out to. That wherever you want to go, whatever your vision and your purpose, think about big picture, what really matters. If you don't look at the things that you value in life, then our lives are going to just be kind of reactive and handling just busy work that somebody throws in front of our face. Our lives will be dictated and controlled by just whatever else comes along. 
So we want to really be big picture focused and spend time in our lives about saying, what do I want my life to be about? What really matters? What do I value? And I really believe that there is no life that's as fulfilling as seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it's not just because I do this. I mean, I'm a volunteer. <laughs> you know, it's not my job. I'm not telling you this because, like, you know, I get, you know, it's just, it's, it, I, I do this because I relate that way. I do believe with every ounce that's within me that there's no fulfill, more fulfilling life or purpose than living for God. You don't, you don't give up everything else. You don't have to. That doesn't mean you're, I don't know, like, doesn't mean that you're disconnected, that you're going up on a mountain and detaching from all of life. It's the opposite. It engages you more in life. It's going be below the surface of, of what life is about. Not just living for surface, superficial things, but living for something that's deeper and more meaningful that incorruptible crown. You know, I, I was a very um, existential kid, and uh, it's a little weird, I think, but, uh, uh, but I think part of it had to do with being raised atheist, and I was just still wanted to know what the purpose of life was. What are we doing all this for? What, what does it all matter? I mean, I just kept thinking to myself, like, Okay, I believe that there's no God, that you die, you're dead, that's over. So it's 80 years in a hole in the ground is what I was believing. But then I thought, so what's, but I was like, uh, what's the point of life then? You know, what is the meaning, what is the purpose? And it wasn't, I, it just, the questions probably in some ways why I ultimately became to believe in God. Because there was emptiness in looking at life without God. And now it's just sort of like, you know, it's like I, I think, okay, what's the point, purpose? Like if you get famous, is that, you know, like, and actually if you ever read the book of Ecclesiastes, it kind of says that. It says, I thought about what life was about. And it says, I thought, oh, maybe I'll build a building with my name really big and that'll be it. And then the guy gets there and he's like, oh, it's just like empty. You know, and then he thinks of all these things that we think of that would be great to achieve in life. And in the end, it's just sort of like he says, without God, who can find enjoyment? That God makes every other part of our lives rich and meaningful. So it's letting go and the stretching forward to those things which are ahead. That that's what we want to always be doing at any given time. Uh, Yeah, let's go to one more. In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 36, it says, <laughs> this is the last piece of the puzzle here. It says, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So what this means is you got to stick with it. There is no instant, there's no immediate gratification for what, like when you're living big picture, it's not going to happen right now. It takes time, it takes training, it takes discipline, it takes outside help in this, but it also takes time that you can't quit. 
or you just never get there. It says you're not going to get to the promise without the endurance. It's the patience. It's hanging in there. It's not quitting. You know, I have, I, again, I, I always think about the exercise and the diet stuff because I've done this a million times. I'm still, honestly, with the weight thing, I'm so struggling with that. So I'm going to have to go through my notes and apply this to that. But Because um, I've lost weight before, and but it's not happening right now. And I remember, you know, I've gone through periods of time where I just want it to happen right away. And then if it doesn't, then I just want to quit. You know, I've just suffered so much all week. I'm done with this diet. <laughs> this is agony. It's been a week of suffering and depriving myself. This just doesn't work. Where's that 20 pounds I wanted to lose? It's not even... <laughs> I have suffered all week and... The scale went down a half a pound. So we want to also be aware of the fact that to move forward in the things of God, it's going to take time that we can't quit. To have that picture in our mind, that, that no matter what it is that we're living for, that we want to be big picture minded, but also that it's going to take time and it's going to take patience. And endurance of not giving up even when it's difficult. That the difficult part is going to continue. The struggle, the sacrifice, you know, is going to continue for a while. It does get easier over time with whatever we're stretching. It's part of the thing. And then we've got to find a new thing to stretch in. You know, wherever it is that we're growing. And so we want to be looking at other things. So a few of the things that I want you to just be thinking about in this I want you to think about, in the power of stretching, where you need to stretch right now. Where, are, where do you want to be that you're not right now? Where is the big picture for you of what you'd like to see come to pass? And then what would be a stretch? What would be uncomfortable? What are the things that you're running away from that can help get you, move you closer to where God wants you to be? You know, so that you can live to your potential. So that's one element of it. The other one is, how much are you inviting others, God and others, into the training and into the feedback? How much do you seek it? Because you're not going to get it unless you seek it. You want to put yourself in that place that you can be trained by people that can help. That know more. By God, with God and others. And how much are you being uncomfortable in a good way? We all should be in the place of that there's places in our lives at any given time that we're uncomfortable or we're going to atrophy. So I'm going to pray. Next week in this Own Your Power series, we're going to be talking about the power of boundaries. And so a lot of times where people limit themselves is being unaware of what you do have power over and what you don't. Where do you end and other people begin in that? Okay, so Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your goodness and your love and for this time. Help us to have the courage to stretch in areas that you are asking us to stretch in, Lord. We really, really want to grow in our faith in that, that we're not alone, that you are a gentle God. You're not a harsh God. When you chasten your discipline, it's not harsh, it's love, it's cheering, it's 
You're so rooting for us, Lord, that we get that, that we feel your presence, that we feel that you are for us, that there's nothing you're inviting us into that would harm us in any way. Help us to see our lives bigger the way that, that you see what's possible for us, that we don't get caught up and swept away with just what's in front of our face and living for things that people are just throwing in front of us, Lord. So I thank you for these things that we can grow more and more to own our power. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.